time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Well, race fans, it's been another exciting race week in the Southeast and beyond in IWB. And back from a well-rested little mini vacay. And, of course, as always, uh, here on Southern Race Week Radio and Podcast Network, we get you up to speed on everything you need to know, and we couldn't do it without the great help from our friend, the man, the myth, the legend. I'm talking about none other than Alfie. What's going on, brother? What's going on? WB, glad to have you back in the captain's chair this week, and hopefully you had a nice uh, wedding anniversary last week, which was the reason you took some time off from the radio show and podcast to enjoy that well-deserved time off to celebrate such an amazing event, which is the wedding of yourself and your beautiful bride. 13 years, man. 13 years. I 13 seems, yeah. years, man. I bet it seems just like yesterday you were walking down the aisle together. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, uh, it, uh, it was, it was interesting. Uh, I mean, you know, we had a great time. We went down to Jekyll, uh, got to drive through some, some, you know, short track, uh, communities like Brunswick and, and Pooler and everything else. So it was, it was cool, man. We had a, we had a great time and, and we loved it. So, uh, you know, glad to be back in the saddle and, Glad to be back, uh, you know, helping make the world a better place, man. That's right. And you can also see some of those pictures. You posted some of the pictures up on our Southern Race Week Facebook page. So if you want to check out some of those pictures. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, man. I, I, kind, of sort of, I kind of sort of, you know, uh, accidentally linked whenever I post up something on my Instagram page. It posts up on Southern Race Week's Facebook page. Because I think my wife set that that way because it was posting up onto her Facebook page. So it looked like she was bragging about her husband when, or bragging about herself when I would say something great about my wife. So, you know, she thought that was a little, you know, ridiculous. So, so I think she fixed it where it goes over to our Southern race week page. So. Well, you can go check those out over there at uh, facebook.com slash Southern race week. And uh, also we have a Twitter page as well. If you want to follow us at SRW radio, uh, we're always posting the latest in the NASCAR, NHRA, IndyCar, racing news, uh, all that for you covered uh, information news right there at uh, Facebook as also Twitter. And uh, don't forget the podcast. We want you to subscribe to the podcast available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can go there, check out the show, this week's show and the previous week's episodes and you can check it out commercial-free, uninterrupted, so uh, very valuable there. And as we mentioned, we appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast as well. And, uh, William, we got another jam-packed program uh, this week. We'll be speaking momentarily with Mike Bagley of the Motor Racing Network and also the NASCAR Series, XM Series at Channel 90. And also for the last few weeks, working with the NBC crew uh, carrying NASCAR coverage. We'll talk to him in just moments. And then we'll get the latest in short track news with Lenny Patiki of PRN at the track. And also we'll speak with short track driver right here from the great state of Georgia, Jake Garcia, who just this past weekend got his first super late model win. So we'll talk to Jake about that win and all that coming up for you this week. William, as always, on the Southern Race Week Radio broadcast and the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Hello, race fans. This is Rob Ramage at Texas Motor Speedway, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. 
Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network itself. You continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. We appreciate all the subscribers and listeners to the radio broadcast and the podcast as well. But we continue this week's program with another special guest joining us here on the Food Depot Zoom line coming to us from his new location in the lovelish Bagman Plaza. Uh, somewhere up in the north uh, somewhere. I'm not exactly sure. This guy's all over the place. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in the uh, host of uh, Sirius XM's The Morning Drive every Monday and Friday morning. And also you can hear him doing weekends for the Motor Racing Network, calling all the action for the NASCAR Cup Series. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Mike I now get to see this, and it's spectacular for those of you that can. Alfie, what's up, son? Glad hey, to be back with you. Magman, my man, welcome back to the program, friend of the show. I think you hold the record for the most appearances on Southern Racing Radio. So let's get to starting off with the great you work you did over the weekend. The last weekends, you've been at the road courses at Watkins Glen, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You've been helping out the NASCAR crew over there on NBC doing the radio broadcast. Now that you've had a couple of years under your belt working with the NBC crew, is it any different? preparing for a race doing it from radio to television is there much of a difference in the way you prepare and the way that the crew gets ready to, to broadcast a race well with tv there's so many layers to it see on radio you have a push to talk button when the action happens in front of you you key up and you let it go now we have a lot that goes on behind the scenes in radio to where you know we have to plan a pre-race plan certain elements for the race but there's more layers of it on TV because of all the producers involved, the cameras that are involved, instant replay and tape and, and all this stuff. As far as the preparation, you know, you still got to know the key players, the stories behind them. The execution's different because there's obviously an additional layer of, of, of how the broadcast is put out through those cameras and coordinating all that. It's always a blast and it's always fun to be able to work with NBC. They welcome me with open arms. There was a time in this sport when you had radio in one lane and TV in another lane, and those lanes never intersected, well, in this new NASCAR, in this world of broadcasting we're in, they have intersected. So they bring me over to do radio style, and uh, it, it's fun. They get a kick out of it. I get a kick out of it. A lot of the fans and viewers do as well. And um, it's something I look forward to doing every year. Couldn't do it last year because of COVID. But this year, two under my belt, back-to-back. -back. It's always fun to do TV. But – it's also fun to come home and do radio as well, which is what I'll be doing with the MRN crew this weekend when we return to those Irish hills of Michigan. The chemistry that you have now with Dale Jr., Jeff Burton, all those guys there, because doing the radio broadcast, it, you know, it takes a long time. You, you're doing it for MRN for many years, so you and your crew have a great relationship and know how each other's tosses and cues are. Um, now that you've had a few years working with the NBC crew, and I know they've come to you and asked you questions about how doing this and, and they, you know, you give them sure great advice. How has your chemistry with those guys come along in the years that you guys have been doing this? Well, we're all friends and we all know each other. We have professional respect for each other. And it's gone from casually talking around the racetrack or having them on TMD there on Sirius XM NASCAR radio to now being able to get to know them, getting entrenched in the way they do things, getting to know them even more on a personal level and a professional level. So the relationships are great. It's been fun to watch Junior and Jeff evolve when we do radio style, because I think that when it first started, you know, that was a step out of their comfort zone. You know, not only did they remove themselves from the comfort zone of driving the race car and going to broadcasting, 
But then going from the booth as an analyst, now out in the field as a play-by-play -play individual and, as an, and, and continuing with the analysis just from a different location, they've gotten more comfortable. And as the radio guy easing in and giving them the radio business, as it were, while at the same time managing the TV business at the same time. It's been fun. It's been, it's been fun to watch everyone evolve. Being with Mike Bagley here, the Motor Racing Network and Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90, the morning drive every weekday morning as you head on into work here on the eastern side of the country. And a lot of storylines coming out of Indianapolis, um, you know, problems with turns. We had a red flag to cut some stuff out. But then also the big controversy there at the end of the race with Denny Hamlin involved and Chase Briscoe. And, and I know there's a lot of pressure on Hamlin right now because he is trailing in the regular season championship race as we head to Michigan this weekend and Daytona, which will, which will be the cutoff race. He doesn't have any wins on this season, doesn't have a lot of stage points, so that regular season championship could be very helpful for him in gaining some points as he heads into the playoffs. Walk me through, and, and, and from your perspective, what do you think of that whole controversy there? Because Chase said he didn't know what was going on. You know, there's a controversy when he was relayed the message for the penalty. What do you take away from that whole situation? Well, I think you had two drivers that had different agendas. You had Denny that was trying to get his first win of the year, and they've been trying like crazy to get that win. Uh, and it was that close. He was that close from getting it. Well, at the same time, Chase Briscoe, number one, was about to win his first cup race. He was about to get locked into the playoffs. And then all hell broke loose there on that final restart. And then, of course, with him moving Denny off course and all that stuff. You had a lot of emotion that was brewing. But my big takeaway was after all of that happened, after Chase being penalized for NASCAR for cutting through turn two, after Denny getting punted off course, he was going for, for the win. When they got back to the pits in the garage, they had civil conversation that there were no punches thrown, there was no pushing, no shoving. Even though the emotions were high leading up to that, they didn't boil over into anything physical where they had conversation. Now, just because they had the conversation and it was civil does not mean that they don't see eye to eye and that they don't agree. They totally disagree, but I admired the way they handled it. Now, it bubbled over and spilled over to social media. But I thought that that moment, you know, we were, we were heading out a course where it looked like it's like, okay, you know, four to go. We're going to end this race. And then we had the problems with the turtles and the curbing on the backstretch. We had the chase and the Denny situation heading out of seven and all that. It's almost like, well, what else is going to happen? You know, is the flag saying go to crumple when the guy tries to come for the checkered flag? It was like we had already seen some stuff that we hadn't seen before. And I think that, you know, to some, that was manna from heaven. To others, it was like, are you kidding me? This is just something else. There was a lot of drama at the end of that race on Sunday. And that has made me look forward to our return to the road course there in 2022. Well, looking at, uh, looking at the, the point standings right now, as you said, we have two more races, Michigan and Daytona. Right now, the real battle there is going to be for the 16th and 17th position. Uh, Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon right there within about 30 points uh, separating them from that last playoff spot. Um, you know, Michigan, and well, we always look at Daytona as that kind of wild card race on the, on the schedule there because of all the tightness and the drafting and, you never know who might win that race. Um, what do you think about that last spot there? Do you think Austin has an opportunity with these last two races? I know he's won at Daytona before. So do you think he might be able to win his way into it? Or do you think maybe he'll get in by points? What are your thoughts there on that last spot? Well, if you look at, at Michigan and Daytona straightforward, 
it would appear that Tyler Reddick's in the catbird seat. He is 28 points ahead over Austin Dillon. Austin is 28 below the cut. So I'm thinking that unless something breaks loose at Michigan, unless something breaks loose at Daytona, we're going to have who we're going to have. And those final spots would belong to Kevin Harvick and Tyler Reddick. Now, if you go into Michigan and you have some stumbles for whatever reason from Harvick and from Reddick, that is what Austin Dillon needs to capitalize on. He has to make sure that if they stumble, he doesn't. You mentioned going to Daytona for the regular season finale. If you have a catastrophic failure on Reddick's part to lead that race off and Austin has a good Daytona race, then he has a chance to get in. Austin Dillon's going to have to have some help to get in. Question is, will that help come in the person of his teammate Tyler Reddick? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, if you're if you're longing for a juicy nugget or if you're longing for a juicy ending, that's what you want. I just don't think that's going to happen. But then again, we've seen the big one break loose at any time at Daytona. We're going to have to wait and see, and that's what adds the mystique to this playoff format that we have now. Even though we're two, two races left, there still is a lot that can happen, and there still are things that can happen to that playoff grid based on what does and doesn't happen on the racetrack. Well, all I know for sure, uh, Mr. Bagley, it's going to be an exciting couple of weeks of regular season racing before we get to the playoffs beginning at Darlington there for the Southern 500 on Labor Day weekend. So it should be exciting. Mr. Bagley, if our listeners want to keep up with you and what's going on in the world of NASCAR and the world of Mike Bagley in general, uh, where can they go to keep up with what's going on with you in your social media world? Head off to Twitter at the Mike Bagley, B-A-G-L-E-Y. All right, buddy. And we'll listen to you on the Motor Racing Network from Michigan and Daytona. And of course, every weekday morning, Sirius XM NASCAR, the morning drive, 7 a.m. until 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, and then if you subtract three hours, that'll give you Pacific time. I used to, I used to live in California, so I know that. Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Bagley, thank you so much for taking time to join us yet again this week on Sunday Race Week Radio, sir. Enjoy the rest of your season, and we'll talk to you again down the road, my friend. Appreciate you, my friend Alfie, and all the best to everyone out there. Always a pleasure. Hey, everyone. This is Anthony Alfredo, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here on the show every single week in and week out, we turn around the world and bring you the best of not only the big boys, toys, Indy, IRL, NHRA, you name it, but we also talk about the grassroots racing of where the action is on the Saturday nights, sometimes Friday, sometimes Saturday, and most often where there's great action, you'll find this guy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the guru of short track racing. Ladies and gentlemen, Lenny Bottega. Let me be so great to be on here with you, man. Appreciate what Southern Race Week Radio does. You know, uh, the grassroots loves them, some of you and Alfie. Lenny, a lot of great racing action going on, and there's uh, there's a lot of great uh, action going on in the dirt side of the uh, of the racing world. Well, and uh, that dirt is uh, Georgia clay, and every time Brandon Overton drives across it, ahead wherever he is, he is usually bringing home winners, uh, the driver that lives over in the eastern part of the state there. And just, I mean, what he's done, Evans, Georgia is his hometown. I knew I'd think of it. $50,000 last weekend up at the North-South Shootout in Florence, Kentucky. Georgia's really got to be uh, proud of him. As much as Bubba Pollard was uh, so good on pavement, I think now Brandon Overton has opened the uh, mind back up to Georgia Dirt Late Model Racing and what he's done is um, without equal this year. He's the man. I don't know if you know about the guy. Um, 
I can't I can't remember his first name. Clark Cossey something. He broke a seven year pass drought, pass series drought at Oxford. I mean, oh yeah, been raising Cassius se- Clark. Yeah, Cassius Clark. That's it. That's it. I need seven years, not one race. <laughs> it keeps on digging, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that Cassius kid is is something. His sister uh, married a, a racing engineer and lives in uh, in Mooresville area, and uh, I I run into her a time or two, and her husband and her kids and stuff. So it's always Cassius Clark uh, conversation. So he's a heck of a wheelman, and uh, you know there's so many good ones out there across the country, and uh, a lot of them they know they've got to go through a Georgia driver or two to be able to uh, go up. And Bubba's gone up there to Oxford and uh, raced and such. And you know you look at what happened uh, like Livonia this weekend. Yeah, Dale Pims and Jeff Robinson, who are uh, South Carolina guys, come down and uh, you know win right there across the state line. Kenny Collins. I mean, he is making some some hay at Winder Farrow lately. The Baja must have been rocking with uh, Kenny taking the checkers. And uh, when you've got a, a um, Hall of Famer like Ronnie Johnson still winning and running at Boyd's over the weekend, that's impressive. Ronnie uh, was over here for the uh, Sizzler at the dirt track and got to spend some time with him. You know, his daddy uh, won the first ever Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. If y'all are just joining us here on uh, Southern Race Week Radio or podcast, wherever you get your favorite racing news information, uh, whatever radio station it is that carries us, or on your favorite podcast location, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, iTunes, or on the iHeartRadio app, make sure you like and share and uh, get the updates. Uh, Subscribe to the old channel there. And uh, you got Lenny Batiki. On the Food Depot hotline here talking about short track racing action. And Lenny, uh, there's a lot of great racing action still in store, even though the summer months uh, are kind of, you know, kind of winding down. Kids are going back to school. And I know back in the day, especially in Alabama, once high school started and football season started, um, not very much more racing going on. Well, Talladega Short Track had a buzz in uh, last week, and uh, another Georgia driver, Michael Page, took the win over there uh, in the, I believe it was Southern All-Stars, uh, ran over there at the Short Track. And Fort Payne had Jason Welshin, a, a guy, well-known guy from Tennessee, come down and uh, grab their big trophy. So, uh, you know, Eastern Alabama still uh, wielding a whole lot of good racing over there, and they run all the way to the Ice Bowl and then start it all up again. So the Alabama fans know uh, all about good racing in Fort Payne and Talladega Short Track and East Alabama Motor Speedway, always uh, welcoming good fans and great racing. You get to go to, and you've been to, uh, you know, every premier track that there is probably in the entire United States, if not in other parts of the world. But what is it about dirt track racing that today has made it to where it has gained so much popularity and is giving the drivers more speed, more speed, and the, the, the people that are coming to the race more entertainment, more entertainment, because they seem to just like just glide and slide all around the track. They do. the um, you know Some of the trickle-down of the engineering that uh, we see in those NASCAR cars has made its way into the suspension and chassis that these uh, dirt late models and the modifies run. I mean, Nick Hoffman's modified that has been winning all over the country. It might as well be a, a late model slash NASCAR car. He's got it so well tuned that elite chassis is uh, just bar none the uh, the top car out there in the country. 
But I also think it's the promoters and the fans themselves have helped make dirt track racing. You know, the fans used to always just want to come and be rowdy and maybe, you know, push and shove a little bit. But now everybody's kind of figured out that we're all there to see a good show and be a little more respectful of each other. And the promoters have made the tracks prettier. They painted things. They fixed the bathrooms. They fixed the PA up. And, uh, you know, things like that, plus these pay-per-view sites, you know, uh, whether it's Dirt Vision, Pit Road TV, you just name them out there that are bringing dirt racing to a big, huge audience and not taking away from the grandstand. Well, and you're right. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, look at Sonora Raceway. Um, you know, the Pollard family now has back control of the racetrack that they originally, Bubba Pollard's dad's father built. And they literally have taken that racetrack to a whole new level that they have a gift shop on site. I mean, come on, man. Well, I tell you, the Pollards do things first class. And they have, uh, I got stopped by there while the Atlanta Motor Speedway weekend and just kind of nose around and see what they've done. And uh, the Matthews have done a good job over at West Georgia as well. They moved dirt, moved some things. And uh, I think uh, Atlanta now has two premier dirt tracks to, uh, you know, pick and choose from. Plus, they got Dixie up around the way as well. So the promoters have recognized that the fans wanted a little bit more show. They gave it to them, and the fans have responded with, uh, you know, making a nice evening out of it for their families. Well, if y'all just join us again, we've got uh, Lenny Patiki on the old Food Depot hotline here. Lenny, with about a minute and a half to go here, brother, let's remind everyone where they can find you, follow you, and listen to your show. PRN's at the track is available at goprn.com or the free Performance Racing Network app. And uh, also, please check us out on our social media, PRN's at the track on Facebook, Instagram, and especially our Twitter page. Be a part of our friends here at the Southern Race Week Radio. This is Alan Cavana of the Positive Regression Podcast. You're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, which is available for you every Monday on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So head on over there, check out the program, and subscribe to our podcast. And we continue on with this week's program as we uh, take a look at the world of the short track world as we head on over to the Food Depot Zoom line and welcome in our latest guest as he's from the great state of Georgia and making some noise in the Super Late Model Series. Let's welcome in from his undisclosed location, ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Jay Garcia. Mr. Garcia, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on a Southern Race Week Radio. Hope you're having a fine day today, my friend. Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good and wanted to congratulate you. You've got some big news this past weekend. You got your first super late model victory at Cripps Motorsports Park, uh, part of the Southern Super Series, Georgia Super Nationals. So I know you've been knocking on the door of getting a victory in the super late model series. You've had some runner-up finishes, some strong finishes and showings. Tell us about that uh, victory this past weekend there at uh, Chris Motorsports Park. What can you tell us uh, about your performance and getting that first win finally? Yeah, um, you know, it was, it was, uh, started off kind of rough there, um, in qualifying, we didn't do too good and ended up qualifying 14th. And then, um, so I wasn't very certain about how my car would be and things like that. And then, um, 
you know, as the race began, started taking cars off one by one and eventually made our way to the lead and uh, ended up getting the win. So we know that you've been trying to get that first win for quite some time. You had some runner-up finishes, as we mentioned, some strong showings. What do you think went differently this time for you to get that win? Was it uh, your pit crew? Was it your driving? What, what do you think was the reasoning you were able to get this first win? Well, we've just been getting our, uh, our cars better and, and getting me better and everything. And I think it was just a combination of uh, me learning how to manage the race a little bit better along with uh, us us getting the car good and uh and uh, getting it getting it really dialed in for uh for saturday night there now you are a very young driver you've been on the program a bunch of times a friend of the show and we always appreciate your time I mean, all the series that you've been racing and everything you've been doing at this point uh what what for you is the highlight so far i mean you've done so many spectacular things in just a, a very young career but does anything stick out to you as far as a memory or, or something that right now you go to as your this is my greatest moment that I've achieved so far yeah um you know the the snowball derby of 2019 certainly up there finishing second in that um Alabama 200s also up there winning that um but then this is this is right there with it you know um you know it's it's not really a, a crown jewel event per se but um at the same time you know it's something that I'm really proud of you know because I felt like you know, that's, that field of cars was as good as you can find anywhere. And, uh, you know, to be able to, to win and, and also dominate like that, you know, be able to walk away from the field. It's, uh, it's really saying something. So, uh, you know, I kind of feel like I'm really proud of that, that performance as well. Now you're extremely young. You're still in school and, and venturing all about that. A lot of the drivers that I talk around your new, uh, your age range, some have plans to go off to college and maybe put driving on hold. Some of them want to forego college and, and continue this as a career. For you at this point in your, in your life, have you come up to the decision of what you want to do? Do you want to focus continuously on racing when you're done with high school? Or do you want to maybe take some time away, go to college? Have this, is that something you've been thinking about? Or is that something you're not even going to worry about until you get to that time? Well, you know, I don't think I'm really going to worry about it right now. Um, it's just all dependent on what opportunities you get and what kind of sponsorship and you know, who takes a chance on you. Um, you know, I mean, if, if racing is not something that I should be having my priority be, then I'll go to college and get, get an education, you know. But at the same time, if I've got a, an opportunity to, to go and, and, and race, you know, whatever, then I'll, I'll do that as well. Um, just kind of got to wait till, uh, till closer to that time to, uh, to kind of weigh, weigh what options I have. Speaking with a short track driver, Jake Garcia, here on the Southern Race Week Radios, we're discussing his first uh, super late model win this past uh, Saturday at Chris Motorsports Park. And as we mentioned, you're extremely young. You still got a lot more that you want to, I'm sure, do in your career. You're saying you're waiting for those opportunities to come along to decide what your future holds for you. What would you like the future to hold for you? What for you is the the goal for Jake Garcia? Where where would you like to get to? How far in this would you like to go to? Like the ultimate level obviously is the cup series. Is that where you want to see yourself potentially down the road? You know, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I would take it, you know, um, but uh, you know, at the same time, you gotta, you gotta have a sponsor and you gotta have some backing. There's a lot of stuff that has to go right for that to happen. And uh, you know, for me, that, that'd be awesome. But um, at the same time, I feel like if I can be racing professionally, doing whatever it is you know as long as driving race cars professionally that's that's like a dream you know you can do what you want and get paid for it 
Now, uh, we're almost wrapping up the year here. I'm sure you still got a lot of activity, a lot of work you want to do before the race season ends up. So uh, for our listeners out there who want to know what's coming up with, with you as far as your future events coming up, what's on the calendar for you coming over uh, over the next few weeks as far as races and, and events that you'll be uh, participating in? Uh, yeah, this, this week, this coming week, we've got um... – We've got the Allen Turner Series at Five Flags Speedway, which is a prolate model race. And then we've got, um, you know, a th- uh, few weeks after that, it's in October, actually. Um, we'll be down in Pensacola with the Supercar, uh, not only competing for a Blizzard Series championship, but also for the, uh, the Southern Super Series championship down there. And then uh, later in the year, we'll have the Winchester 400, the All-American 400, and the Snowball Derby. So it looks like you got a lot on your table here as you get set to wrap up uh, the season and the year here. If our listeners want to keep up with you on social media or keep up with what's going on with your schedule and your career, uh, where can they go to keep up with what's going on with you? Yeah, they can always check me out on uh, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Um, I think I'm at Jake Garcia 35 on all of them. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's where they can keep up with me. I'll usually post, uh, you know, where my next race is going to be or something along those lines. Well, uh, Jake, we really appreciate the time and uh, seeing you develop and grow over the last few years you've been on this radio program. has been uh, just amazing to watch. And uh, we're con- of course, we're going to continue to follow your career and, and hopefully big things happen to you uh, down the road. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week and good luck to you and your events uh, here for the rest of the year. Thank you. Hello, this is Gracie Trotter and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Well, Alfie, I don't know about you, man, but, uh, you know, Time is winding down. The show is almost over again for another week. And I, again, want to thank you for uh, for filling in for me uh, last week, man. I should appreciate it. No problem. Glad to do it. I mean, the show must go on. I mean, even though you're on vacation and celebrating some some time there with the missus, uh, you know, racing stuff still happens. They don't put the, everything on hold, William, because you decide to take a little time off. So, you know, in a sense, well, you know. Hey, listen, uh, that's the first vacation in, in my defense. That's really like the, one of the first vacations that Barb, it's the first vacation that Barb and I've had just the two of us in oh. over a year. So give me a little credit there. But right. Hey, Alpha, did you see that Atlanta motor speedway, uh, could not resist on putting their pace cars out onto the dirt track? And driving them around just to see what the, the new surface is going to be like. Did you yeah, see that? I saw, yeah, I saw that. It looked very exciting. It looked like a lot of fun out there. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know why they won't let you and I come out there and do it. And That's a good like. point. That's a good point. But, uh, you <laughs> know what, before we get out of here, William, we want to thank our guests once again for joining the program. Mike yeah, Bagley. Man. Uh, Mike Bagley. Thanks a lot to Mike for stopping by. Also, Lenny Baticki and Jake Garcia. Appreciate them joining the show this week. Next week, uh, we're going to look to hopefully have Kenny uh, Carrie Tharp President of Darlington is in a couple of weeks, Labor Day weekend, the playoffs kick off for the NASCAR Cup Series at Darlington. And then also Christopher Bell, one of those drivers who will be participating in the playoffs this year as well. And then hopefully we'll have some more guests as well lined up. That'll be on next week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. All right, then, folks, y'all don't forget now, find us, follow us on your favorite podcast location, Southern Race Week on Spotify, on uh, SoundCloud, on iTunes, and on iHeartRadio. I'm WB. I'm Alfie. We'll see you.